If you still haven't watched Star Wars The Force Awakens, do not listen to this podcast. On this week's episode of Dirt City Limits, we reassemble our panel of fans to pick apart the film. Fish Krakowski is the art critic for the Edmonton Journal. Curtis Ross is a musician and teacher. David Stone is a DJ, radio host, and concert promoter. And we have a new voice joining us, Stephen Notley, creator of Bob the Angry Flower. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Okay, Curtis, I'm going to start with you. How many times have you seen The Force Awakens? I've seen it twice now. And? And I really like it. Uh, it lived up. To, it, it, it did what I expected it to do, which was basically do a soft reboot of the original Star Wars, which is, I think, what we had sort of decided it was going to do. The major spoiler parts that happened in the movie, I think I called it before, of what major character was going to die. Um, and I thought that they really brought, like, I haven't had that much fun in a theater for a long time. I was, like, laughing and freaking out, and it was great. It was, like, I think that the criticism that probably everyone's going to talk about here is the parts that weren't original, but I think that where some movies you feel like it has um, those, like, fan service parts are just, like, sort of more economical and and they're sort of shallow. This really felt like it came like a place of love, like all the little goofy things that were throwbacks. I was like, I was tickled by it. Does part of you, Curtis, feel like it was a little too predictable in terms of who they killed off? Um, you know what? Not, not enough that it made it like a detriment to the movie. Like it was still like, the focus through a lot of the movie was where's Luke, right? And so that was, I was still expecting that to be thrown in there at some point. Um, Han Solo, even though I called that that was probably going to happen, I wasn't sure until they pointed out who his son was, who was Kylo Ren. Um, I wasn't, about that point, I was like, okay, this is going to come to a showdown kind of thing. But at that point, we talked about earlier that maybe Harrison Ford is old and wants to do more Star Wars movies, so I wasn't sure if he was going to die in this one totally, but that was, that was my original call, what I thought was going to happen. So, Do you think he got killed when that happened? <laughs> yes. Oh. Because <laughs> he might have, I don't know, he's probably okay. No, I don't think so. Maybe it's like a scheme between Han and Kylo to, to mess up Commander Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quit snoking around. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, how did you feel? Uh, well, I didn't. I, like, I think I actually agree a lot with what Curtis said. Uh, I will admit that I was kind of hungover when I saw it, uh, so <laughs> I didn't have as much attention to bring to bear as I would have liked. But, uh, but I guess. I just sort of feel that, well, like, I kind of wanted something new, and this was like a reboot. This was giving us everything that we wanted, but not what we needed, I guess. Like, the comparison I draw is, like, uh, after the first Star Wars, you know, Star Wars fans were excited to see a new movie, but they didn't know that they wanted to see, like, giant walking metal uh, monsters across a snow planet. But they all they knew is that they were thrilled when they did see it. And so this movie didn't have that. It sort of, it just sort of said, well, here's some new characters, and then here's some old characters, and we're just basically going to do the same thing over again. And I would be okay with that as well, except I don't know if the new characters really meshed with the old characters. When you think about all the stuff that happens in the film, you're kind of like, well, is this Ray's movie? Or is this really a movie about Han and Leia and their son? And the fact that, like, Kylo Ren, and it's the Kylo Ren-Han connection that is made a bunch of, and there's basically nothing made of Kylo Ren and Leia. Right. Uh, and yet, you know, if he's got all this force power, presumably it comes through her, uh, and it just leaves so much sort of unsaid in kind of a way that is not good. Like, like 
in the first Star Wars, they can make reference to the Clone Wars, but you don't need to know what the Clone Wars were in order to enjoy what's happening right now. We're no, here. I need five seasons of cartoons to <laughs> yeah, well, know what the Clone Wars are. <laughs> we can explore the Clone Wars, but here there's so much where you're like, well, so what happened? You know, like it's it's like it's episode eleven rather than seven, and you're just kind of going. So it means that to me, there's just kind of a huge gap in in the story where I'm just like, well. You know, so what's Han been up to? He's just been sort of bombing around the galaxy for the last 30 years, like grabbing spaceships and looking for the Millennium Falcon, and Leia's just sort of doing exactly the same thing that she's been doing, or sort of... Well, they'd address that in the movie, though. Well, they do, but they don't, you know, like... They gloss over it. Well, you're kind of... Because it's sort of like rebranded. It's like the Empire has been rebranded as the First Order, and the Rebellion has been rebranded as the Resistance. But you're like, well, then, so is there a republic or isn't there? Like, uh, who's in charge? I I think they just blew it up in the movie. Well, (laughs) I I guess. But but then, like, where does the... I mean, I guess it's become sort of nitpicky. But I'm like, well, where the hell does the First Order get all their money? Like, how (laughs) how do they have, like, are they strong or not? I mean, we're sort of... The crawl indicates that it's kind of a resurgent empire. Uh, but then at the same time, it's like a resistance against an ins- a resurgence. Yeah. Uh, That's the part that really bothers me about the... I like the new movie, but the world building of it, I think, completely fell on its face. It kind of doesn't really make any sense. I mean, there is this new republic that exists, and then there's the First Order against them, and then there's a resistance against the the First Order, and it's it's just kind of a jumble. It doesn't really make any sense. And plus, everything seems to be about, like, you know, two stops down the bus route from each other. Like, there's this giant space ball that is this huge weapon <laughs> that, moon. you know, and when it fires, you see the flame come out really slowly, crawl across in front of Kylo Ren and stuff. And yet, Hux says that, you know, it's a faraway system. So it's like, well, if the, if the, uh, this, is, this sounds nitpicky, but it's just like, you didn't have to screw this up, is all I'm saying. Like, you, they could have explained it with something, but basically, this beam of light goes to another system somehow at, you know, as fast as... At walking speed. Yeah, at a walking (laughs) speed, basically. Blows up these five planets, which you can also see from another planet across the galaxy. And so this sense of scale in it, like that really, it, 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 it bugs me. Kind of everything with planets bugs me a little bit. It's like... What is it with J.J. Abrams and his picture of how astronomical events are viewable? <laughs> like, because uh, you can, because you can I go, you know, well, you know, you can go, well, how could they make the Death Star in the first place? But you didn't, you didn't really think that. You're like, well, it, there is just some uh, way that it did. But this movie was breaking its own rules. If That's New Hope really came out now, though, like what I'm seeing a lot of is, um, which is opposite of what I thought. I thought that fans would go nuts and that the media would be kind of lukewarm on it, but the media is like giving it like just. You know, thumbs up across the board, the and then I'm, broken. then I'm seeing stuff of fans being like, 40 things that are totally wrong with this movie," and it's just like, and it's just this weird level of nitpicky that I don't think the original Star Wars ever really had. I guess the internet didn't exist then, though. So, but those but those guess, original uh, movies hold up to their own rules. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be nitpicky, but that stuff is just like, what? And like, like they're, had they're the movie showing got you me thoroughly on its side, I'd be less inclined to. I'd be kind of go like, "There's a lot of stuff I don't necessarily understand," but you know, on repeated viewings, I'm sure it'll all sort of click into place. Now, but now, now that being said, like I think that I think the movie is a huge success um, in its new characters. I love. Finn and Ray and Kylo Ren especially, and a lot of people don't necessarily like Kylo Ren because they're like, well, he's no Darth Vader. But that—that's the this point. This is Abrams's 
version of Anakin in a certain sense. And I really love the way, like basically Abrams has been taking all the old ideas of Star Wars. It's like he doesn't really have any ideas of his own, but he has, he's taking all the old tropes of Star Wars and turning them on their side. So Kylo Ren is struggling with being seduced by the light side of the Force. So I think that's the most successful thing that he switched. I think the Starkiller base is the stupidest thing. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, I don't want to get stuck on Starkiller again, but it, like, <laughs> sucks its own sun up. Then what? <laughs> like, does it only get to shoot once? Like, <laughs> where, did, where did it get the fuel? Were there two suns? Like, you don't see it moving, and there's no mention of that. So I think it, we just needed to see it move. I know. Say, I know. Okay, Dave. Watching Dave, like, shaking his yeah. head. <laughs> Come on in, Dave. What are well, your thoughts? I, 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 I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into 38 years of, of analysis of what Star Wars is. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, to me, I, I mean, I, I I didn't like I didn't like the prequels. Uh, this movie, to me, yes, Abrams is not an original filmmaker. He is really good at what's been said here. He's really good at taking other elements and sort of throwing them around. And and this is a New Hope sort of is remixed, right? It's like it's like a. Uh, taking the requisite parts of, of what people loved about the original three movies and, and and twisting them around. I really enjoyed the the new characters. I really like mm -hmm. Kylo Ren. I really like Rey. Mm -hmm. yeah, she's amazing. I'm really amazed at how strong that actress is yeah. in that role, considering it's her first film role of this scale, and what her journey is going to be like. I mean, we talk about how much this is all, like, there's so many questions left unsaid, and we're getting into like, well, how does Starkiller Base get around and stuff? I mean, really, I mean, when I was seven years old, I didn't really care. All I saw was like spaceships and, and hope and adventure. And that I got all of that in this movie. I got a sense of, of motion and excitement and questions. And those questions, I mean, what I'm more excited about now is how these questions will come to bear in the next two films of this trilogy. And I think that's where we're going to start to see... Uh, where this journey is going to go and how different it's going to be. Yeah, more original ideas. More original ideas I still, I, I think, are still to come. And I do think that there are some original ideas in this film. Well, they expanded the universe by by a lot in this one, yeah. I thought. Like, I was I was kind of surprised at the end of it. Like, okay, there's this weird space bread now. And then there's, you know, there's just, like, a few. The universe, it seems like a lot bigger. There's new kinds of aliens. There's new gangs. There's right. new all See, kinds it of felt, stuff. It, it, it's it's because smaller. I feel like it meant smaller. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with Steve, yeah. No. But the, the thing about the First Order and the Resistance, how I sort of imagined it as this film was starting was like, it's, it's, as Abrams has said in interviews, it's like the First Order is like how if the Nazis all went over to South America and instead of dispersing, they consolidated. And so I kind of see the galaxy at the end of like Return of the Jedi and in those 30 years since, you've got fragments of this amazingly powerful empire that's now was fragmented is now coalesced in another part of the galaxy and then you've got the republic in another part and you've got this these warring factions yeah, and inside the empire so I actually that's, that's i actually sort of implied but well actually, i mean like I, 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 I there was i thought there 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 could have been more exposition in the movie but at the same time i would have felt that the exposition would have bogged down the journey of I our prequels. I think, some, I think <laughs> in some ways i bought i actually bought the visual dictionary to just try and make sense of it right and the way they explain it in there and this is you know this is all supposed to be canon now is basically the Empire and the Republic formed a truce and then some people didn't like that and they went and made the First Order so I can take all that yeah. you know it's still it's still strange that there's this 
big, powerful resistance for so, something that hasn't done anything yet. Right. Like, but I mean, if we start them. getting into yeah. how did they pay for sure. Starkiller Base, we might as well go back to the Phantom Menace <laughs> and start talking about, you know, trade embargoes and stuff. Well, like, but right. the thing is that I was saying, like, like you know, the, the Phantom Menace gets a lot of flack for the trade embargoes and so on, but in truth, like, that stuff is very clear. It's like, there's a galactic republic, there are senators, there's a senate, it's on Coruscant. Like, you know what what the state of the civilization of the galaxy Wait a is. I don't understand but, I mean, how queens do, do are elected. Do we want to get though? in, but I mean, what was, um. <laughs> and what, what would, but the thing is, is that what they failed, just an elected queen. what failed in those movies is I think it failed the essence of what the original three movies were, was a sense of wonder and mystery. And those movies kind of removed a lot of that. When you start reducing the force to like little microscopic beings inside of everybody, suddenly it's not magical anymore. And I really felt that this movie, by, by creating this sort of idea that the Jedi and the dark side and all of this and Han Solo and Luke Skywalker were now reduced to like, like ghosts of, of myth, yeah. right? That now myth comes to life again and people are reminded of, of why we love these movies because there was so much mystery and we're, he, what Abrams is trying to do is restore that sense of mystery. Yeah, and there's a real and sense wonder. of fun and wonder in yes. these movies and like adventure and excitement and all that stuff that just, I think, a lot of people like remember those from their childhood experiences or whenever you saw those movies, but, and the prequels just didn't have that. And, and whatever internal logical ins inconsistencies they might have, which all of them have, because this universe, science doesn't work how science works. Sure. Normally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I think, I like, the prequels, don't get me wrong, they've got a lot of flaws, but I think they actually have a lot more fun than you're giving them credit for. Like, I mean, There's all the, kinds the of emphasis is really weird, but, like, but Obi-Wan is actually a ball the whole time. Obi-Wan's like, great. Yoda fighting the Emperor is super fun. I mean, for sure, there's a lot of I even like General Grievous. I yeah, thought yeah, General I did, Grievous yeah. was a good you character. Obi-Wan's a weird, sexless monk. I don't know where he's well, not but fine. He's, but he's <laughs> only in your mind, my young apprentice. Only I think my favorite that. scene of the whole prequel trilogy is when, you know, in Attack of the Clones, when they're in that bug arena or whatever. Yeah, those and Anakin And Anakin turns up. And it's like, oh, well, what are you doing here? And it's like, well, I came to save you. And it's just like, good job. <laughs> like the speeder like, chase on Coruscant where Anakin just like, all right, peace, and just jumps out of the... That was like a cartoon. Speeder. That was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. That, If well, you want to talk about logical inconsistencies, it's like all of a sudden you can <laughs> now, jump but like now a we're thousand going. feet. But, 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 but we're talking yeah. about like kind of questions of tone, right? So I'm saying like the, the, the prequels get a worse rap for that than I think they deserve. Well, to talk about tone, Force Awakens had like a great tone all the way through oh, it. Oh, absolutely. See, I think here's an interesting thing. I think the movie is absolutely perfect until Han Solo shows up. And then kind of all of a sudden you feel like you're watching a movie rather than completely immersed in this thing. Because like, there's something about the way Han comes in where he's just kind of like cracking jokes and stuff. There's just so much expectation with him. I enjoyed it way more the second time, I have to say. Um, yeah, and the, I, but, I do agree. Like the, the pacing of the first like third of the movie or so is flawless. It's just it's, it's amazing. amazing. It yeah. does change when Han Solo comes in, although I have to say that's like it's Harrison Ford's best performance in years. He's He nails it. I it's, will agree with you It just that. changes well, you the... You don't like the crystal skull? <laughs> yeah, that was a hell of There a is movie. no crystal skull. There is no fourth Indiana it, Jones. It, it, I mean, it does... It it does change the feel of the movie once they start bringing in the the older cast. I don't I don't think it's necessarily detrimental. I think we need it, uh, but I just like that first adrenaline rush of that first third of the movie is is probably the like the best starting of a Star Wars I, I movie love, ever. I, I love that scene on the bridge too with Kylo Ren. And I oh, love, that's I love, incredible! I love all of that that, that, that that is my favorite part of the movie. I have to say, I was disappointed with Carrie Fisher, uh, General Organa, being basically nothing more than an incubator. 
Like she 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 had a kid and then doesn't really do anything else. Like you, in the opening crawl, she sends Poe Dameron off or whatever. But I'm not trying to be nitpicky. I, I did. It's I like, did it's like, like it. thirty it's years have passed, but nothing has changed, and that's really weird to me. You know, it's like if if we had kind of gone oh, some impression that all right, Han Solo had been this war hero, but then he fell on hard times and there was a schism and blah blah blah. And he was like, I'm out. I'm gonna be a smuggler again. Whatever. But we don't. It's just sort of like, all right, well, here's lovable scoundrel Han Solo, 30 years older. But they do, they do address that after what happened with Poe Dameron. It destroyed their relationship. And he with was like, Poe Dameron? Oh, quite no, right. no, Han Solo and Leia. Yeah, but, yeah. but I will agree that Leia is horribly underused in the film. She might not, like, you know, people have said some strange, some things about her implying that maybe she can't bring it that much anymore or right. something like that. So, so we don't know that. So I can forgive that. The other thing about Leia is... Like there are two more movies, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write that off yet. One thing, an, another thing, let, maybe one more thing I don't like, and then I'll I'll, I'll get into what I like more. But like Snoke sucks. He's Abraham Lincoln going to the bathroom <laughs> like he's just. He's I, I, I was a little disappointed because I was really looking forward to a super strong sort of Dark Lord master. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the CGI. Like I really like his voice, like super evil sounding good. There's just something about the imagery. Yeah. Um, but I will. I did send you a text on this yesterday. It's not the same music. Uh, it is, if you look at the soundtrack. It's the same music they use on episode three talking about Darth Plagueis. Yeah, but that was at the opera, and it's different. And then it's it so is maybe, the same music. I mean, I mean, I think we'd all be happier if it turned out that Snoke was sort of like the Wizard of Oz, like behind the curtain, and it's actually just a projection by Luke, and he's running all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretending to be Commander yeah. Snoke. Well, and I, and I give you the, the Leah thing. I'll give to Snoke is like, he was in it so little in this movie, and like they do have... Two more movies to like. He was in it very little, up. but he sucked. Yeah, like, like I hope. Like, I hope they save him. Yeah. and make a better, uh, you know, showing of him in the next. I just hope movies. he doesn't turn out to be like Yoda, and he's actually only like three feet two. Yeah, like so. at first, like when I think Fish agreed with this too. When I first saw him, you think he is a giant, and that's that kind of cool. <laughs> like you, like yeah, you think that, that there's great. giants now in this universe, which is kind <laughs> of amazing. But because he's sort of got this weird gigantic projection hall, I guess, because of hubris or something. like That's kind of the thing that I like the most well, the about Emperor, Snoke. Well, the Emperor does that in, in Empire, too. Like, but giant like, head. But he's not giant head. Sure, but it's like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's, yeah, but it's a head. It's not a whole, I mean, I it's thought like, the same thing. I thought he was a giant. And then I was like, like I guess that's sort of a hologram. Yeah, and, and like, I, I like the voice performance. Like, you definitely had enough malice and, and, mm. and the tone. It's just, the visuals looked a little too much like a cross between Voldemort and Gollum, kind of. And, I was, and, I, <laughs> exactly, and I'm not sure yeah. exactly why that had to be CGI, yeah. I would have been great with just like a weird covered old man. Or that something, that you know was I mean? yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have been great if he was like if he was like Palpatine with like the hood and, yeah. and all you see is like his mouth and his eyes. Yeah. And then when we finally eventually do see him, that you know you yeah he's scarred up. And it's like weird. that guy who who betrayed who told the stormtroopers that uh, Obi Wan and Luke were at the cantina. They're like yeah 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> he's been pulling the strings the whole time. Dink knows. <laughs> Steve, what did you like about the film? There were bits that I like, like uh, uh, I loved the first the first bit with uh, when Kylo stops the blaster bolt oh, in yeah. midair. I was like, whoa, that's cool. Like yeah. uh, I was reminded of the part in, in uh, Phantom Menace where where uh, Qui Gon like jams his lightsaber to the blast door and starts melting it. Like yeah. that was that was just like okay, awesome. Uh, I think the introduction of Ray was really really good. Like uh, that had that sort of quiet lyrical quality uh, of her exploring the. The destroyed uh, Star Destroyer and her sliding down the the uh, the the sand dune and all that. Uh, right. Music. That's that's sort yeah. of where yeah. the, the single piece of new music that's any good in the movie. But are really you okay with the fact that she doesn't really have a backstory? 
Well, I because mean, I, I, I didn't. Kind of, I didn't mind that. I, I like the fact that I, she's mysterious. I sort of like the the bit where she's she's scavenging, then she goes up and trades it in, and the guy goes like one quarter sample or whatever, and then she takes it home, and it's not. She's not giving it to her like her her frail aunt or something. That's just her stuff. She's just surviving. How she survives. Yeah. I really, I really liked that. Uh, it was sort of bizarre that everybody had like heaping helpings of weird sort of backstory because then we get this flashback. It's like, oh well. She's been left there, and she's waiting for her family, and and all that. I'm kind of like, uh, well, okay, I guess that's yet another thing to be revealed in the next movie. Um, but uh, but I mean, I I agree with everybody else here. She was really strong. Like, I guess I I'm still very unconvinced <laughs> about Kylo Ren. We'll see after a couple more viewings because it just seems like a like a faint echo of of Darth Vader which maybe is kind of the idea and that yeah and and we're going to get more out of this right as it's sort of more built into and and he's got this sort of really weird over the top messed up kind of dark lord approach which is interesting the lightsaber battle well even though i don't think like like Rey and Kylo didn't really have a particularly strong conflict but they had a good lightsaber battle <laughs> Uh, I think it was beautiful, like the snow sizzling off the lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Well, um, she's mad at him, and she sort of starts, it's neat because you can sort of see sparks of, what we know because of particularly the prequels is when you start using your power too much early, you start going to the dark side. And you can kind of see that as she's sort of spinning, walking around him, kind of looking at him, like really pissed off. And that was good. Like she hates and him. And she sort she of lost her, because like she kind of gets and then loses a mentor really quickly <clears throat> um, and so I guess that's her beef with Kylo yeah uh, and so yeah I mean that's the kind of what I liked okay. about it I think like, <laughs> there's a lot of other things like you know I, I like a good X-Wing dogfight with TIE Fighters though to have like two completely separate ones in the same movie is like is another one of these like could we have had something a little different in one of those action sequences hmm. um I don't know. I feel the one thing I like about this universe now is that everything seems more militarized and tougher. Like the TIE fighters have more cannons on them. They have more missiles. The X-Wings are faster. Everything seems the more stormtroopers violent. The stormtroopers seem much more dangerous. The stormtroopers yeah. are much more murderous and dangerous. Um, like everything seems like it has more consequences. Uh, the lightsabers seem heavier. Uh, right, it's just yeah. like force powers seem like accelerated. Like this, like it's like the universe now seems like it's a more dangerous place. It doesn't seem as like toy version as especially the prequels but even stormtroopers by the end of return of the jedi were just like well i was going to say Ugh. jedi is actually the big criminal in that one i mean by yeah. the by the end of jet the stakes in in star wars are they're blowing a planet up and by the end it's kind of like well we're you know some teddy bears are killing the stormtroopers <laughs> and, you know it's just like what the hell's going on yeah it's a, basically a fight between a few people at the end yeah they brought teeth back to like the galaxy, and they made consequences kind of matter again, which that, I like. That's true. So. I mean, that because that was, I mean, like the, the sort of smear of blood that uh, Finn gets on his uh, helmet at the beginning is is really neat. It's, but again, it's another one of these sorts of things where it's like, if he's just been like a recruit, you know, a guy who wanted to sign up for the First Order and became a stormtrooper and then got cold feet, I'm down with that. But instead, we get this sort of weird backstory where it's like, well, no, he was kidnapped and 
as a, at a young age and then and then conditioned to be a, a stormtrooper. Well, he did work uh, in sanitation for quite a while, it sounds like. So well, I don't think he was... I, I, I like, guess. He wasn't much of a soldier to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy that. Like, stormtroopers storm in white armor are, are soldiers. Guys in the sanitation, because there's lots of people in the Empire that don't, or First Order, that are not wearing stormtrooper armor. Right, so you don't have a guy in stormtrooper armor with a, a broom, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, he, that's I, another. Yes, maybe, maybe, do. Maybe, maybe things are tough in the first order, and they're just kind of like to consolidate power. Or to yeah. like this is stuff that we don't know, right? Whatever, so, yeah, yeah, we don't sure. know this stuff. Yeah. But it, it just seems sort of weird that we're told that again. Like apparently, he's been conditioned to be a soldier from a young age, or, or conditioned to be a janitor from a young age, or whatever. <laughs> like, uh, but then the moment, but then he has this sort of realization and says, basically, I'm out. And then he sort of adopts this much more sort of like, all right, I'm kind of a guy on the move sort of persona, not someone who has just cracked out of decades-long military indoctrination. Well, that was also his uh, first battle ever. Sure. So yeah. I can I can buy that he would have that reaction, but it just seems weird that they kind of like they. I, I guess I should just sort of pretend that they didn't talk about all this <laughs> conditioning and just go like, forget <laughs> it. You know that he was that was just a, a flub on his part and. He was just a schlub in a in a suit, and he yeah. freaked Everyone's out. did that in Star Trek too, actually. It's like I was going to say, Sulu. you're a Star Trek guy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Sulu is like a navigator. You would think he would know how to fly a spaceship, and he doesn't know how to like you know get it. Out but remember, of there's dock. but there's a line too, and Sulu, <laughs> Sulu basically says something about like he he took fencing in the academy. Sure. Like, and it's like, oh, we're going into a fight. He took fencing, and then all of a sudden he's got this like space katana, and he's a <laughs> so it's just like the the. Abrams is always willing to kind of make a joke that makes something not make sense later a little well, bit. Well, yeah, because like I remember when in the original Star Trek episode we're going, like the, the naked time where they were saying like, hey, Sulu, you know, let's give you a sword. We're giving you this Japanese sword. He's like, can't we do something a little more interesting, like, yeah. a, like a fencing sword? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's cool. It, yeah. That's what they did in the episode. And then in the movie, it's like, well, no, we're going to give you a Japanese sword because yeah. they're Japanese. Huh. Uh, and so it just sort of, it just lands a little harder and a little, it just kind of goes kathunk. What are your thoughts on Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, what did you not like about uh, like the I Force said, Awakens? Uh, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke was, was my major reservation. Me too. Yeah, because I was like, I love Star Wars for their bad guy imagery. Like they're, they have this weird Nazi imagery and they have this like super dark Lord powerfulness and they have... Uh, I mean, especially the original trilogy did so good with Vader and the Emperor, and I thought they did amazing with Kylo Ren. Snoke, not so much. Um, and I, I'm not as against Starkiller bases as everyone seems to be. I feel like it was a bit underplayed in the movie, but I, I thought it looked super cool, and it was super fun. Like, I, I'm a man of simple taste. I love seeing TIE fighters get blown up by <laughs> X-Wings, and right. it was super fun. Um, I don't even remember it being referred to Starkiller Base. They say it like once. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, um, I mean, it was a bit underplayed. Uh, and then, I mean, there was slight shifts of tone near the middle of the movie where, not tone so much, but uh, just pacing, um, where they may, maybe could have tightened it up a bit, but it's, it's like a minor nitpick. As far as, like, I'm just, how I walked out of the theater was I was just so happy that I actually got to see a Star Wars movie again. Right, that, yeah. That, like, wasn't like a pale imitation of itself and and the stuff that I hear people like getting upset about I mean are things that I can totally live with and it don't bother me at all and and or, or like yeah I just like and I'm the one who has like PTSD from the prequels and and I finally I feel like this was vanquished away or vanquished that feeling away so I, I'm and I'm super looking forward to uh the 
the uh, sequels to see what happens. So. What do you think is going to happen next? I think we're definitely going to see some Luke business <laughs> as far as, who knows, like, probably he'll be like a trainer thing, but I hope he's really tortured because he seems to be, and I hope that that'll be a cool angle. So he's not just some, like, grand He's not going to just be mess. Yoda. Yeah, I want him yeah. to be, like, just, like, <laughs> like kind of insane and tortured, and, and that'd be kind of neat. I'd need to see what they do with Kylo Ren, if he is fully gone dark side now, or if he still just keeps, like, battling um, Ray. If she's gonna like flirt with the dark side kind of thing too, that'll be really neat. I'm looking forward to now. I want to see the universe expanded. I totally understood why they had to make it very classic Star Wars looking, and I've accepted that. I knew that from like the get go. Uh, now I want to see some like new stuff. And the writer, the writer and director for the new one, I think he's a stronger writer than Abrams is, mm-hmm. and with original ideas. So I'm, I'm hoping that this. So like whose whose redemption story are we looking at for the next two films? Like, is it Kylo Ren? Well, Luke, a little. Luke, I think Luke a bit. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, w- I would agree because Luke, th- this is all about like they've always said, like where is Luke Skywalker, and it's mm-hmm. not so much in a physical sense, but mentally yeah. and and spiritually, you know, he's he's been, you know, he he feel, I mean, we can only suppose, but obviously he feels he may feel that he's failed, you know, like his strongest pupil, uh, the the child of his best friends. Uh, and his sister. And his sister. <laughs> so his nephew. Uh, yeah, yeah, his own nephew, his own blood, <laughs> yeah. is has basically he has failed him yeah. or something has gone wrong. So that would that's going to mess with a guy's head. Like Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like it's the same uh, setup. But even to the, even a great... Even it gets bigger, yeah. It gets bigger than that. It's family and, and yeah. So it, that, that I think there's going to be that. I, I, Kylo Ren and Rey are going to be... Uh, I'm really fascinated with their journey, but I really hope that we're going to see more of Poe. Like, I really, I he's, I love I, his I, spunkiness. Like, he's kind of like, um, he's a character we haven't totally seen. No. I don't think in Star Wars, he's like, just a he's perfect hero. He's got yeah. no doubts, and he just boom. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of like the way we wish we got to see more of Wedge, right? Kind of, like, yeah. Uh, I guess that makes like, sense. Like, he's just like we're going to see this guy who I kind of just want that character to just sort of blaze through these movies and just be like. I'm having the best time of my life fighting evil in the galaxy. Yeah, it's sort I of need like you kind of wonder why, like, we have Poe and we've got Finn. It's sort of like, do they almost like kind of take the Han Solo role and split it into two people? I don't like, think there is counting I, like not counting the Han Solo in another Han Solo role. I didn't really like, feel like either of them were particularly Han Solo. I, I kind of felt like these characters sort of as companion to the protagonist is what I mean. Like. Uh, because yeah. now we sort of like it's Ray's journey and we've got Finn and Poe we haven't really seen them together a lot though like uh, so in the next movie is like do we see more Finn do we see more Poe or do they are they going off on are they even friends do they even like was there a scene with all three of them together well there's a scene with Poe and Finn who I, were think like po, the, I think Poe fancies Finn like I yeah, ran into that a little bit. He really be. likes him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that's kind of cool. I mean, whatever you can. Well, maybe read. maybe we finally have a gay character in the, in in this universe. Who well, knows? what about C three PO? Well, and the know. Emperor too. Wah, He's very wah. campy. Very <laughs> campy. <laughs> Might as well have been Robin Williams. What man. about a lot of Chewbacca for that matter? <laughs> that's just pro love, man. Fish, do you have any theories? What's going to happen next? Oh man. Uh, well, hopefully. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a showdown between Snoke at some point. What what I would like, what I would like is Kylo Ren to just kill Snoke <laughs> and be the bad guy. I'd rather yeah. he. I'd Ooh, rather. I'd yeah. rather he. I, ra- I, ra- I would rather he run that. Yeah. So. I, I, I'd rather I, get a better mask. 
the mask he's got now is boring. Well, he well he's lost mask. it, so he he's going to get oh, another okay, one. Okay, so. yeah. And also, he got his face mutilated, yeah, so he's yeah. going to have something different. Now he needs a mask. Yeah, yeah finally. Oh, yeah, there yeah. we go. I like his mask. I, I kind of I, I kind of <laughs> like that idea as well, is that he will eventually turn on his master and and become like this ultimate wild personification of the dark side. I think I suspect that might be what the next happens in the next movie. I yeah. really do. That's that that would be my big guess. Um BB-8, I hope, you know, gets a cooler job. Yeah. <laughs> he gets legs. I like BB-8. I like BB-8. BB-8, as this goes to my music side, that he sounds like a super cool analog, like, 70s synth. I just love it. It's like, it's like musical. It's like, he's got these weird, like, filter yeah. oscillators on his voice. And I think it's like, every time he talks, I'm just, like, giddy because it sounds like it's something I could play on a synthesizer. <laughs> Sandra, I want to know, like, what, 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 what did you yeah. love? What did you love about the movie? Um, I love... The sense of adventure, it seemed hopeful. It was fun. Um, overall, didn't like um, the emperor or whatever he Snoke. is. Snoke. Snoke, yeah. <laughs> I, to me, it's kind of lazy that the bad guy, the main bad guy, always has another has a crutch to fall on. So, like, I wish that Kylo Ren would just be the bad guy, the main bad guy, and not yeah. having you know a spiritual leader to follow. Right? Like, yeah. just get rid of him. Um, I love Adam Driver as an actor. I just, I just wish there was a bad guy that was evil, like completely evil, like, and like not like Governor eh. Tarkin evil. Yeah, yeah. Well, well they have Hux. They have because that. that's one thing I think this movie really lacked was was the the Alec Guinness and uh, Peter Cushing angle of just like these super solid old school British actors that just you know. That just class the joint up, right? right. So you just you're just like boom. Obi Wan is there. This you totally this it goes completely different level once Obi Wan shows up. Yeah, it is a young universe. There and is, Tarkin, there's not really many. Tarkin and you know grounds Vader, and he's he's the oily snake. He, like he's like scary, you know, when he's yeah. interrogating or he brings a Leia up to yeah. blow up Alderaan and everything. He even yeah. makes her British. Complete, complete, <laughs> and to- com- yeah. complete and total like terror from these old actors which Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and and I think Mark Hamill like for I, what for, he for did his, was for, yeah, inc- yeah. Mark Hamill's seven second performance <laughs> was incredible like honestly yeah, the that more was a beautiful I, scene. I am going to see every time I go see that movie it's to see that last scene every time yeah. that's the thing I like the very most in the film and, and but to you come know. back to Adam Driver I think the scene between Han Solo and Kylo Ren on that bridge at Starkiller Base um, Will you it, help me? Well, no, but I, I, I love mean, it. I'm, 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 I'm saying like that to me is actually a really, uh, is in in terms of di- overall direction by J.J. Abrams is probably the strongest scene for me in the movie. Yeah. Because uh, if you had, first of all, if you had two terrible actors doing that that exact scene, it would have been brutal. Like it would have been cringy. The ten- Instead, it was quite beautiful. It was tense. It was Han Solo trying to do the right thing. Finally. And for a second, he. Did fake me out? Like I thought, yeah, oh, it was a total fake out. But yeah. the way that not only just the acting, but the the, the, the way the light changes in that scene mm-hmm. from like the blue light to the red light, and then finally the deed is done, and you get the sense of what you're talking about. It's like, it, are we going to see a truly evil villain? I think we see it in that moment of yeah. Kylo Ren crossing the line and going, I don't, I will kill my own father. It doesn't matter. I am heading headlong into the dark side. I hope he doesn't have a redemption. I hope he becomes. 
absolutely irredeemably evil yeah, personified and he needs evil, to be destroyed. Yeah. I still like, and I love, or he'll self destruct. The tension leading up to that, as soon as you see Han Solo seeing him, mm -hmm. like that, it's just like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and it's like yeah. so. That was really, really, yeah, yeah. really well directed. I um, thought that was terrific, and Abrams had some. Great shots all over the movie, like the the scene so, sort of where Kylo and Rey meet on that forest planet, yes. and then like there's this one shot where he kind of walks up to her behind her, and then the camera turns onto her, and then he sticks his lightsaber in her neck, and it's yeah. just like it was just really complicated. Yeah. There were some really shot. iconic like, new motion. shots in this yeah. in this yeah. in this movie, like they're like totally within the pantheon of classic Star Wars. Some of these shots, like that sliding down the hill yeah. with that beautiful piece that of was beautiful. music, yeah. uh, on the bridge with you know Han and Kylo. Oh, Dameron when he when they fly. In the uh, sky, I'm just like, oh yeah. my god! Like he takes out like three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that whole scene yeah. where like Finn is just watching him. Yeah, like, be like, like this incredible pilot. That's one hell of a pilot. Yeah, yeah. 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 this is exactly. like this yeah. is wow. Yeah. This is pod racing. Yeah, <laughs> the whole the, that beautiful forest lightsaber snow yeah. battle was like I, that goes up as one of the best like by far better than any of the prequels, and it's like up there with the Empire fight for me of yeah. how beautiful the scenery is. Or even let's. Fight. I mean, we haven't even gotten into like how good Lawrence Kasdan is with dialogue in this film. Totally. Like when Poe is originally captured by Kylo Ren and he gets shoved down rather than this sort of like, well, you feel, where's the rebel base sort yeah, of so thing. It's just kind of like, who, talk, who goes first? <laughs> yeah. Do I go? Do you go? I can't yeah. hear you and in then this And when they're on the Star Destroyer, it's like, are you comfortable? No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> You're my guest. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> He's so weird. He's so awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, Great, great writing. Curtis, how many more times are you going to see The Force Awakens? Well, I have to take my nephews uh, sometime this week, so definitely with them, and they're going to lose their minds. I already know that. My little eight-year-old nephew is like already like just got every toy I think from the movie. And he hasn't <laughs> seen it yet. So uh, yeah, they're going to really dig it. And then I'll definitely probably go one more time on my own or something after that, just to like just see if it like holds up on the repeated viewings and also I want to go four times because I know I went four times to Empire Strikes Back in the theater <laughs> so it seems poetry like it rhymes uh, <laughs> <laughs> Steven are you going to see it again? oh well I'll definitely see it again I've got a friend coming into town later this holiday uh, so I'll probably uh, go see it with him and Maybe I'll go see it again today. I don't know. I've got nothing else to do, so okay. maybe I'll go watch Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Fish, you've seen it three times. How many more times? Correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I saw Empire thirteen times in the theater. Uh, I think I'll go see this probably two more times. I would guess. Like I'm already. I kind of want to see it again, like in the next couple of days. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, how many times? I think I think I'll probably go see it a couple more times over the holidays. Um, I'm pretty eager to see it again. And just enjoy that ride again. Um, but I, there's some, there's. I just want to bring up one point here that what this film represents to me is that first stab of other people getting to play in the sandbox. And I think that these movies, like the saga movies, are have a particular tone or a particular sort of like certain notes it needs to hit. What excites me more is the opportunity of these anthology movies, these like standalone films. The Rogue and one. Yeah. What and we talk about originality. I think that's where we're going to start to see really original filmmaking happen in these standalone movies, starting with Beach uh, Yoda. Sure, whatever. <laughs> but no, with Rogue One, which to me is going to be like a sort of like Guns of Navarone. Like I'm, I'm excited about that one. That cast is amazing. The cast yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Like Forrest Whitaker, Donnie Yen. And, like, and, the, and the story, it's supposed to be a war movie. It's right. going to be a war movie. It's going to be like Guns of Navarone or The Dirty Dozen, and that sort of like sort of scrappy. Uh, wild, intense action film 
that you know it's it, it, that's going to be fun. But I'm also looking forward to like, are they going to be able to make like a, a Star Wars sort of not comedy, but sort of a lighter Star Wars film as far as an anthology film? Like we talk about the Han Solo standalone. That's how I imagine that film to be. Because the way the Marvel is playing out, like the yeah. Ant Man was sort of just right. kind, exactly. kind yeah. of fun. Although Force Awakens, I don't remember ever laughing genuinely that much yeah. in a Star Wars movie. It was really genuinely it was really, funny. Really funny. <laughs> like there was it a lot of jokes, uh, and it felt kind of nicely modern in a certain sense. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, I didn't want it to all be nostalgia. And yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, and I, but I mean, to come back to your question, I th- I'm going to see it a couple more times. Uh, the first minute it's available. On Blu-ray, I'm gonna own it. Uh, Netflix is gonna be streaming it. Canada got rights for it yeah. for 2016. Well, I, I kind of, I, I, I like the pristine quality of having it on a Blu-ray and putting it on my 4K TV and like. It'll be, hopefully it'll be a 4K DVD oh, by then. and also what kind of deleted scenes are gonna be? Yeah, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting that we'll be able to get this without any concern about a special what edition it is. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> this will be the yeah. Movie, I don't think like, Abrams is going to go back and say, you know what? I really honestly think that Snoke needed to look more like an Ewok. I've just <laughs> got one, one piece of advice for anyone out there. Like I saw it twice in 3D and then once in like flat, and it, I was really glad to see it not in 3D. That's you how just, I'm going to see you it. Just, next. You just, just notice normal, more yeah. details around the edges and stuff like that. As, I, as, yeah, as I'm going to see it right. That, as awesome as that Star Destroyer yeah. shot poking you in the but nose. I, I oh, that's of, great. I, I found a lot. Of, yeah, the, the, the parts like that were great in 3D. But yeah, I saw it in the IMAX 3D as well. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, just you I, you I, tend to pick up more. You like tend I, to pick I, up. I've noticed. Yeah. But I do want to see it just in a normal just projection uh, film, like with no 3D, no. Just to watch it as a as a as a piece of filmmaking. How many times have you seen it, Sandra? Only once. Yeah, and what are you gonna do? I'll see it at least another two times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice that we don't have to wait three years in between movies now. No. We have the anthology ones, and then we have the next one like a year and a half from now. Yeah, they start filming in January, I think, the new one. We need never not talk about Star Wars again. Woo! <laughs> yeah. so, Let's like, just rebrand like, the podcast. Is there kind of like a like a Star Wars brain trust that is kind of yes, yes, there is. Yeah, Luca, yeah, Lucasfilm, like, Lucasfilm still exists, and it's run by her name. Do you remember Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy? Kennedy. Yeah. And, and they do have they do have a they do have a brain trust now that sort of now oversees all of their properties, whether it's TV or comic books or the books or the films, that to ensure that. This point connects with this point, where these rules are sort of followed. But I don't think it's going to restrict the imagination of what people are going to do in these films and these stories. It's just to make sure that yeah. if, if one it, thing happens one place, that it has well, like, something that, else. Do you think that there's an already written synopsis of episode nine? Yes. I think they have an idea of how I, this story is going to play out. I would suspect so. Yeah, I think yeah. I think people. Although who knows? Because I mean, Abrams said that they let him do whatever he wanted. Like yeah. He really, he really, he. So I don't know how then you would have episode nine necessarily written. Like maybe now they do, right. but I don't know. I think that I think it's take, broad strokes. To, they kind of know to take that it. job on. I think I think they're going to let the directors and writers do do whatever they want. Well, and to I think he, Abrams probably got the chance to set a lot of the yeah the rules. Yeah, you yeah. got to set the groundwork. Yeah. Um, I'm not as excited about the director of episode nine. Because um, he's the guy that did Jurassic World, which I oh no did not like no, but but the the the, the guy writing it film. though I mean Jurassic World is like a a, a, a masterclass in in nostalgic you know oh, uh, yeah. uh, which I hope Episode Nine is not I hope Episode yeah. Nine is like totally new territory it's yeah. like I'm really hoping for for those ones to be like that yeah let's hope it's not a Jedi over, over redo. <laughs> 
I, hope I just they, hope, I hope no hope. women are running in high heels in it. Yeah, or <laughs> Starkiller Base <laughs> too. But I do hope there are some dinosaurs in it. Yeah, I was gonna say. I hope. I hope everyone's a dinosaur. How is this guy making movies with dinosaurs all the time? With you dinosaurs. Get, what is it? The, the Cyruck show up from the uh, from the, the extended universe. It's like bam, extended return of the extended universe. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Happy holidays, and may the force be with you. My guests today are. Fish Grigowski, the art critic for the Edmonton Journal. Curtis Ross, a musician and teacher. David Stone is a DJ, radio host, and concert promoter. Stephen Notley is a cartoonist. And I'm Sandra Speronis, music writer at the Edmonton Journal. I will finish what you started. <laughs> nanu, nanu. <laughs>